Hi, everyone. Welcome to Entrepreneurship 101. This is a conversation presented to you all by Tulsa Creative Engine. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Tulsa Creative Engine is a new nonprofit that aims to provide artistic, business, wellness, tech, um, and other resources to a diverse collective of musicians as well as creative professionals within the music ecosystem in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm Bianca Campued, one of the co-founders of TCE, as are Chris Davis and Tyrants Billingsley. If you guys just wanna give everyone a quick wave, so our names are also on the Zoom, but just in case. Um, and you can all visit our website, tulsacreativeengine.org, just for more information about our team, as well as what we're focused on as an organization. Tonight's conversation, if you guys haven't guessed from the merge of the two words in our title, um, we'll be exploring the challenges as well as the opportunities for artist entrepreneurs and really looking at artists as on entrepreneurs in the same way that you know, you would look at a small business owner as an entrepreneur or a startup founder as an entrepreneur. And so we're going to touch on a few different topics, including business skills for artists, artists' mental health, um, and really dig into some of the resources that Tulsa artists actually need to be successful in turning their work into business. So this conversation will be more of a casual one. Um, think of it more like a podcast or a round table or a chat between like-minded friends, which I know our three panelists have actually had that happen. And this is kind of a reunion for them. They've all hung out and had what I imagine is a very similar conversation as we're gonna have tonight. Um, so Aleph, Lucas and Malachi, feel free to respond to one another and to really, um, you know, bounce ideas off of each other and play off of some of the responses without being prompted. Um, and then for everyone watching, we will be looking at the Q&A for the Zoom as well as in the chat. So like Chris mentioned earlier, we really encourage you to engage in the conversation through both the chat and the Q&A. And then we're gonna try and save some time at the end to answer some of those specific questions that weren't answered through the conversation. And so with that, I'm going to have the panelists actually introduce themselves, talk a little bit about um, or introduce what they do as well as where they're Zooming from. Um, and then we'll go ahead into the conversation. So Aleph, if you wanna go ahead and introduce sure. yourself. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I'm Alif, zooming in from Oakland, California. I work at a nonprofit called Zoo Labs, where we invest in artists so they can build equity within their communities. Um, so that looks like an accelerator program where we have artists um, apply and then we teach them business and help them build art along the way. Um, I guess a bit about myself is I'm from originally Atlanta, Georgia. I'm an artist and my mom's an artist and it always felt difficult to like devote ourselves to our craft and make money. Um, so I went into business and learned a lot about how the process works at UC Berkeley. Um, and then I started managing a band and was able to them up to making a thousand dollars for a one hour gig at lunchtime and they were like I never thought that would happen <laughs> uh, you know a bunch of misfits so um, that inspired me to find this zoo labs where I've been working for three years um, excited to share my wisdom with y'all so why don't I hand it off to Malachi 
my name is Malachi Burgess. Uh, I am an artist as well, uh, entrepreneur, uh, in the equity sense of, I guess, just really giving back to the community and uh, helping build artists and artist relations, uh, connecting people, uh, building uh, relationships with people nationwide, across the coast, and and really just connecting people from one place to the, to the next. Um, uh, being a musician is uh, a little bit harder um, as far as like being able I have several side hustles. Um, one is uh, a big one is is really uh, in the farming and agriculture uh, world. Uh, really, just connecting farmers and building uh, sources of food and medicine, uh, herb, and just connecting those dots as well um, with different people. So that's been a huge part of my side hustles and uh, recording and engineering as well. So um, I'm happy to share and encourage and and keep on going with, with you all as well. Lucas, do you want to close this out? Hey, actually, I do know how to use a mute and unmute button. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Lucas Bivey. Thank you for having me here. I'm the founder of Culture Hustlers. It's an educational media company. Specifically, we tell stories of how artists go from side hustle all the way to full hustle. And I got started in that because I've always wanted to teach. Uh, I went to get my BFA and I went to get my MBA and I was off to go do my PhD. And what I found is that in the education world, people think art goes over here and business goes over there. But what I was experiencing in the real world is that that's bullshit. Those two things are highly creative activities and they belong together. And so nobody wanted me to do a PhD. So instead I took the equivalent time, uh, five to seven years, and I created an entire curriculum. It's a 12 part curriculum on the different 12 parts of the business model. And so far, we've run over 100 people through that cohort, people going from side hustle to full hustle. Uh, we use case study stories. So like everything we learn from is from real artists, like a Project Runway winner or an Art Prize winner. They tell their story of going from, you know, just getting started to being a full hustle business. So it's great for us, by us as creators. Uh, I'm really glad to be here. I'm particularly excited to talk about art and business together and really unpack a lot of the bullshit myths that are out there about both of those activities and the intersections. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Cool. Yeah, you mentioned the word business model canvas, which is something that um, I also help artists teach, but um, I'm curious and assuming that some people don't know what that means. So a business model canvas is like this tool where um, you kind of throw all your ideas into these boxes that are the ways that your business would work. And then once everything's in the box, it's considered an assumption where you have to go and like see what's true or not and come back to the model. Um, Lucas, like what, how do you like help folks with understanding yeah. that sort of tools I, and stuff like that? You know, I mean, the, 
the business word around it is like value proposition but for the artist listening you're like what yeah let's really talk about what it is you know how does your art actually change the world Mm -hmm. in business terms they talk about like value proposition like what is the value you bring to the customer right but in talking to artists there's a direct translation which is when you put your poetry, your theater, your book, your film, your fashion, your furniture, your game design, your graphic design, whatever it is, when you put it out there, what is transformed? Mm-hmm. And you can build a business around that, like the change that your art makes in the world. If you, if you know that, then you have the heart of the business model canvas that Aleph is talking about. Right. And I feel like there's like a sense of... Um vulnerability you know because you're creating something and you're not sure who's gonna like it or not and you're putting it out there and wondering like what are they gonna hook on to you know what's the story what's like the climax of the art that pulls people back it should be almost like this magnetic force like especially like for songs that get stuck in your head or whatever or just a vibe from an artist it's like oh I'm feeling some sort of way and I'm thinking of a new person that I want to go to their art and and feel that with them you know and so that um Malachi I know you you do that like what is that process like I love it mm-hmm. <laughs> they're all ready to jump in actually I wanted to oh. so, so now let me let me lay the foundation and let us okay thanks out. y'all are eager no I love it <laughs> I almost be about to just you know turn off the camera and just step back. But, but so, no, let's really get into this. So on this concept of entrepreneurship, I really appreciate what, um, what you said, Lucas, because part of, part of what our work is, is actually getting people to understand that if you, if you are an artist, at, at the truest sense, you already are an entrepreneur. But some of the things that we want to do is kind of break down some of these barriers and these concepts mm-hmm. that art is over here and business is over here, when in reality, there's so much overlap specifically between high growth businesses and the mindset it takes to scale those and art itself. So kind of merging those together, part of our mission is specifically on Tulsa, a city that's always seen entrepreneurship as the lifeblood of itself. How do we show that the art scene, that arts belongs right up alongside it? So here in Tulsa, we've got a ton of resources like 36 Degrees North, which is a co-working space for entrepreneurship. We've got venture capital firms like Atento Capital that invest in high growth entrepreneurs and um, so many different entrepreneur support organizations. But at its core, you know, all artists need a lot of the same things that entrepreneurs need, right? You need space um, to like congregate and speak. You need capital to, you know, get your product projects off the ground. You need a sense of community to collaborate with each other. And you also really need tech which is a part of everything and um because it's woven throughout everything so kind of laying that as the foundation i really want to explore with the panel with you all what are the areas some of the ways that you think that they they intersect but probably the big question one of the big questions i want to posit to you all is how can how can you help artists kind of see the intersection between what's traditionally seen as entrepreneurship and and art you know how do they add value to each other and how can we frame frame it in a way that shows how high growth, the potential for art is in the same vein of businesses. So I'll let whoever feels compelled to run with that first and then 
y'all bounce it back between y'all. I mean, y'all, y'all don't really need my help. Y'all about to do it anyway. Matt, I, I got I got so much to say on that. Uh, Get into it. Take it away. Look, most most of the time when people say like, "Oh, I'm an artist," you know, they're they're making something that isn't actually that new. Okay. Like, there's nothing really new about writing poetry. There's nothing really new about writing a story or painting a painting, making a beat or whatever. That's pretty old human activity. Making a business. It's not actually that creative for most businesses. You're like, I made a thing and now I sell it, right? But what I think is super creative and fascinating is how do you do both of those things at the same time? How do you have this act of self-expression and also know how it benefits other people in the world, right? And then build like a whole transaction process on top of that or whatever you got to do. Holy shit, it's scary creative. And I really encourage artists to like go into something that is way scarier than just making art. You think making art is scary and like requires you to have your creative juices flowing? Try to mix that, right? Like with how you make a living. And a lot of people are like, they think business is going to be this straightforward march. It's not. The thing that I try to tell every artist, every artist is like, Lucas, this is one thing every artist needs to know. And I'm like, okay, this is the one thing you need to know. There is no one way to do it. Like if you want to make a living while making art, it's going to be in a way that's never been done before. That's how it works. And that is really scary for people to hear. But we really need to keep, as artists, keep telling each other, go somewhere really scary and making money off your art is scary. So go there. Yeah, that's so true. And but at the same time, it's like a part of the process. And you're just kind of like reflecting it into the other side of your brain where now it becomes a little bit more analytical and you're looking for um, some piece of um, human behavior that is connecting back to your art. And you're learning from that. I think that the other part that makes it scary and haunting is that it takes time. A lot of the artists that I consider case studies from our work at Zoo Labs have gotten to tripling, quadrupling their revenue streams um, after three, four years. Um, And that includes like building the community and it includes taking the big risk and trying something that no one else has tried before and seeing how that works together. So I uh, I would actually prompt Talk a little bit more about the process of getting from, you know, where you are, where you are having this art into it more so becoming, you know, kind of an, uh, the entrepreneurship as people conventionally think about it. What are some, and as it relates to kind of what was laid out, the resources that entrepreneurs have, do you see any correlation between how sort, certain resources could help artists get fully into, the, get transform their art fully into entrepreneurship in a more conventional I actually put it in a, and a chronology for folks, you know, how you go from the journey. The first step is who are you? Like, who are you? Don't worry about other people right now. You know, art really comes from a place of self-expression. Who are you? What is your message? What do you really have to say? Then like, what is your dream life? Like if you, you know who you are now, okay, forecast the future. What do you want to do with your life? What's your dream? Okay, still, Don't give a shit about what is going to be cool or popular or make money. Don't go there. Not yet. We're going to think about that later. But don't start with that. No way. Start with authenticity. 
who are you? What's your dream? Now I ask people, we're going to go into entrepreneurial territory now, right? If you are being your unique self, your authentic voice, your message, you know, no bullshit, no pulling punches, who benefits just from you being you? Like, don't think about how to make your thing, make, make another person happy yet. Don't think about that. But think about like when you're like reciting your, 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 your poetry or your singing or your whatever you're doing, how do people benefit? Who benefits just by you being you? That way you're not selling out. That's a really important way that we structure things at Culture Hustlers. We don't talk about how other people benefit first. We start with who you are and what you want to do with your life. Then we talk about who accidentally benefits from that. At that point, now you like can use your audience as this compass, not to sell out, but to actually innovate. So if you know what you do really well and who benefits from that, now you can just start a conversation with them. You just like Malachi, we were talking about this before this call, like you watch someone dancing to your beats and you're like, huh, what happens if I turn it up? What happens if I slow it down? And you start watching and you're like, this is kind of fun. Like, I know how to make these people happy. I know how to make them sing or dance or cry or laugh or whatever. And now you get like a relationship out of it. And, and then you can go into, you know, value proposition and you can build a sales funnel and marketing and all this stuff. But it really comes from you being your unique self in the world, seeing who benefits. And then just like, you just get involved. It's got to start with that. Otherwise, I see so many artists drop off because it feels like selling out. You know, it, it's, it's got to come from authenticity. I'll, I'll jump in here and just, I think it'd be great if we could, uh, if Alif, if you would share kind of about your organization, Zoo Labs. And I think what's, what's happening here is like, you know, Alif's organization is really great with like teaching business skills to artists. And then uh, Lucas, after Alif shares about Zoo Labs, I would love for you to share just a little bit more about culture hustlers in general, because I think I look at like an organization like Zoo Labs and an organization like Culture Hustlers and like they're they're both providing kind of like 50% of what every artist need. Like those those like really deep business skills. Here's how you pitch. Here's how you talk to investors versus like Lucas, you're on the more professional development side. So um, Aleph, I would love for you to just share what Zoo Labs is and, and kind of some of the resources that or some of the ways that Zoo Labs um, helps artist entrepreneurs. Yeah, of course. Um, let's see. Uh, the, what we do is we host an accelerator program. So artists teams. So think of a team as your business team. So you need, who do you need to help you um, put the product out there? It's not making the product. The people that help you make the product are, um, I consider a different aspect of the team. And, um, unless you have a drummer that also is like a social media pro, you know, some people can wear both hats. Um, and then we run them through an intensive four month program where we teach them business through the business model canvas, but really how to take these big risks that um, we're talking about that starts from a place of empowerment and of grounding and knowing your art. So a lot of the artists we work with have built some sort of tribe already and they're wondering like, do I make the big step into my art? I've gotten a little bit of money. I've gotten like a few thousand followers and they're active and they're buying things from me. And then what's next? 
So what's cool about learning this process of the business model canvas that we've talked about, um, maybe you're taking notes or um, going out and like asking people uh, what they're attracted to within your art or within the world in general is you start to see um, problems you can solve. And I think that's what's really special about creative entrepreneurs is you can solve a lot of problems and then the question is which idea do you go with? Which idea is the one that you um, focus on right now? And how, or how do all the ideas kind of come together into one um, concept or brand? Um, so for example, uh, one of our artists is Madame Gandhi. She's a drummer. She uh, is a drummer for MIA and it got her name to fame by um, running a marathon, uh, free bleeding. Um, which is a very feminist cause that she was standing for. So she's putting together like this strong woman vibe and feminism and she uh, was attracted to the color yellow. So everything she does is yellow. She has a yellow microphone, she has a yellow drums. She's got the branding down and all of her songs are very rhythmic and talking about um, feminist ideologies. Um, and then what she does as one of her revenue streams is she goes to universities and does talks on feminism and then she performs afterwards as their performer. So she's got two ways of income and she can be um, sponsored by brands to be in her music videos, but she can also go to a brand's um, like LGBTQ um, diversity inclusion um, groups and host an event there where she's able to get money. So she's built a six-figure business. She's hired six employees. She's been able to take these passions of hers, drumming, feminism, living her best life and coaching that with other women to, um, to build a brand that I think she can run with and scale with, you know? Um, and it's her lifestyle like she on her Instagram is snowboarding and she's wearing all yellow, <laughs> you know, so I think that's one example for doing it. Um, the main thing there is definitely building community around what her idea is and um, how to mold all of that together. I just want to jump in and say I love Madame Gandhi. Yes, like, over here. <laughs> she's amazing. I mean, she's definitely hardcore hitting the feminist drum, and so she does have haters. But I like, but like, you don't have haters. What are you doing? <laughs> I've seen her perform, and she's an incredible. I mean, she's an incredible artist, musician in general. But the drumming. I remember yeah. seeing her perform and as we were talking about like hearing a beat and it really resonating with you and like dancing to it, I actually have that memory. Right. Performance. Right. And then that memory carries forward and like you become a part of her journey and like she becomes a part of your journey on realizing like things that you want to learn constantly. She's constantly teaching, you know, and being a role model. Um, but you know, we're also her fans. So, and she knows us super well, right? Where like people that aren't her fans, she's not concerned about, like that's not her lane. And she'll hype up other women and stuff like that, but that's not her lane. She doesn't um, show feminism like the way Cardi B would, you know? I think that reminds think me of like- hate, hate, Haters make you twirl. Yeah. Right? <laughs> hey, haters make you twirl. They, they make you a better artist. They really do they make you have to choose as 
Rosemary Wilson, one of her coaches, always says, she says, love me or leave me. Yeah. And you know what? Some people, you're not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And when some people leave the audience, now you can talk to people in a more specific, tight way that really resonates with them because the haters left. Yeah. You need to say stuff that, you know, separates what you're about and what you're not about. And it's not like you have to take like an angry tone or anything. That's, that's one way to do it. But like, you, you look at like, I don't know, is Crest Toothpaste going to launch a great apparel line? No, they need to stay in their lane. Yeah. <laughs> they are toothpaste. They got stuff to say about toothpaste and they got it. it and someone else is going to say something like stay in your lane as yeah. an artist and be okay. Know when you, you get in your lane, you stay in your lane. Other people will hate and doubt you. Mm-hmm. Great. That's a great problem to have. I wish it for everyone. <laughs> Right. Um, but he, at the same time, it's like that. the point is having ideas and researching them. So if you might have a bad idea, you know, and we we can call them haters. But also, I think if a lot of people are like not sticking to what you're doing, you have to pivot. And that pivoting is a dance where you have to practice it like you you have to be aware of when something's not working at least on in a capitalistic making money perspective like you can do things for yourself as an artist and just realize like this is for me and maybe one day you know I have also artists that wrote a song 10 years ago and now it's getting picked up because they were like ahead of their time in terms of what culture was thinking about um so right here I mean part of the hater thing I like made these post-it notes you have these ideas and then you do this research and then like what's the outcome from it and I thought about the outcome for a long time and I came to the idea that the outcome is always going to be a feedback loop so as like a as a musician, a feedback loop isn't always a good thing. You get that noise in you and you're recording, you're like, oh, that feedback sucks. But sometimes there's a really beautiful accident. Malachi, I bet you have a story about this and I wanna hear it. Where like that feedback loop is all of a sudden really cool. Like I know in the studio at Zoo Labs, they like duct taped uh, um, SM57 all the way down the hallway and played the kick drum and they were like that sounds dope you know so that's kind of like taking these risks do something that's never been done but also stay curious um but what is working and what's not working that differentiation right there is what entrepreneurs do in any industry and it can be replicated you know to healthcare to bars and restaurants to art and i think that's what's beautiful about this process Malachi, why don't you weigh in on this process of how, you know, being authentic to yourself can help you get in tune with the beat of entrepreneurship. You know, I was going to do it. Yeah, risk is like, has what I, that's one of the main things that I, I guess, tapped into the most um, from uh, artistry platform. Uh, I've played music that I wouldn't think I would play like sat in on blues gigs or country gigs or folk gigs or even jazz like hard swinging bebop stuff is just like uh, uh, taking a musical approach to different genres of music is is a risk in itself especially if you only you've only played one style of music for you know, so long. Uh, that was the thing that uh, 
playing here in Tulsa, I, I kind of, you know, I, I, I grew up in church, of course, playing gospel. And that's like a big uh, thing. Uh, you're just a church drummer. That's like a thing. You know what I mean? Like just being a gospel player, growing up in church, people assume that that's the only style of music that you can play. So um, it's a thing that I just had to kind of jump out and, you know, dive into some other genres of music. And yeah, it, it was uh, it was like what you're saying, Aleph, is a feedback thing. It was like, you know, I, I watched certain people leave the club and like, you know, it, it was, it, and it's a mindset thing too. You know, you, you can be discouraged about it or you can just be like, okay, well, I'm do better the next time. You know, you miss a hit on a, a song. It's just like, everybody kind of looks at you. It's just like, you know, you, you it's a thing that you, you constantly work at. It's a, uh, it's a mindset really. And, and being able to take a risk uh, at, um, playing these different styles or even entrepreneurship, uh, jumping into a different business that you wouldn't normally do or, or be involved in. It just strikes a, you know, a, a specific chord with you and you just kind of stick with it and you keep playing it and learn it until, you know, you fell forward, you fell into, you know, you keep doing it until you're not really failing anymore. And, better at um but i that that's that's my at least view on it uh, i like that there, fall forward there, there, there was a uh there's a a tune i recorded with uh, an artist here his name is verse and uh it, it was a track that i was working on with him it's called find yourself and there's like a a hiccup in the uh, the song and I was just like, I, I need to go back and change it. He was like, don't change it. It's cool. Like the whole track actually muted out. And he was like, I like it. So, he, you know, it's like, as an example, that like, you know, feedback, uh, even in your mess ups can, can you know, be a, a good thing. So. So first of all, I just want to echo that that song is phenomenal. So look on Spotify, first verse. Find Yourself, produced by Malachi Burgess. Um, I would love to hear, because there's been a lot of themes around community and communal support and kind of relying on other artists. And, you know, Tyrants, that's something that, that you know, you laid out at the top of the call, which is what are those kind of general things that like every entrepreneur needs, you know, community space, every entrepreneur needs mentorships and uh, professional development. And you know, definitely Tulsa Creative Engine. Our core intention is to be providing a lot of those, uh, a lot of those resources to artists. But I would love to hear from Lucas on this, specifically around community, because and and just sharing more about culture hustlers, because you've created a really cool model where basically artists from around the country can kind of join culture hustlers and they have access to you know the textbook that you've written as well as you know, support groups and conversation. Um, and I know oh, that, you know, we got a lot. Zoo Labs is also really built around community. So I would love for us just well, to spend I'm, a few wanna... minutes on, on that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and actually it's a good segue because we're talking about community. Community is about relationships. Guess what else is about a relationship? 
brands, business, art, like it's all this shit is about relationships. And I do want to share what we do at Culture Hustlers. So here's our curriculum. I don't know if you can actually see this, but these are the 12 parts of a business. Every business has this. It doesn't matter what industry you're in or what millennia you're in. They all have these 12 parts. And what we do is we go on a, a 12 part journey over eight months in our cohort program. All of our stuff is available a la carte as well. And so basically every week we have a new topic. We run our 12 topics 12 weeks in a row. Right now we're at about number nine. And then if you join our cohort, we take you from nada to a business pitch. And we do that in 12 weeks. You give your business pitch, then we take you all the way to a business model in the next four months. So it's an eight month program for anybody in the cohort. Our stuff's available a la carte as well. You can come to any of our events. Um, there's a seven day free trial because we're like, anybody should have access to this. Uh, and then the one of the important things that we do is we only use stories. We use stories to teach. So this textbook we're talking about, it's just jam packed of stories because when I went to business school, any business school in the world uses Harvard Business Review to teach. And all Harvard Business Review is stories. That's how you learn entrepreneurship. There's not really a textbook for it. There's just this huge archive of people who have gone off on a creative journey and found out, oh, there's an opportunity for the thing I love. That's the entrepreneurial journey. So we, we use storytelling for all of it. All of our discussion groups are based around real stories, people coming in, sharing what they've learned. Uh, we found that to be most helpful. And the other thing is if you, if you join the cohort, we do coaching calls. So we have six coaches. I'm one of them. These are all full hustle creators who have their own brand. And now you have mentorship, which we know there is an absolute poverty of mentorship in the art and culture communities everywhere, especially right now. There's an unnecessary poverty of mentorship. So it's always been important for us. And like Chris said, we're all over the country. Actually, we're all over the world. We're in 12 countries. <laughs> um, we're in, I think it's like 37 states and 12 countries. So by being in Culture Hustlers, you connect with a DJ in, in uh, Ecuador or a video game designer in Kuwait, you know, or a perfume artist in Paris. Like you can meet all these really fascinating people and learn and share with them. Uh, but yeah, I, Chris is the happy owner of, of my, my books. Thank you, Chris purchasing your copy um those books uh the the last chapter of the book is called relationships so to bring it back to the community part that we were talking about that's all it is you need to find out how you your authentic person relates with your audience your team the greater world whether you're in favor of it or opposed to it whatever it is how are you going to relate to all these things what's your relationship and, you know, in Culture Hustlers, we, we do take a lot, we do take on a bit of introverts. <laughs> so if you are an introverted person who's kind of making quietly in the studio, and by the way, there's a lot of myths about what introvert and extrovert is, but like if you have a hard time sharing your unique self with the world, one of the things that you get from building a business is awesome relationships, like treasures. Like the fact that I, like what, a couple months ago, I got to hang out with Chris, Aleph and Malachi in person. That to me is one of the treasures and I never would have had that if I hadn't founded Culture Hustlers. And you can ask the same of any artist around the world. 
20 years after they made the decision to go all in on it, you're like, what's the best thing? And they're like, the people, you know, it's not going to be, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's going to be the, the great quality of people that you get in your life when you choose to go full hustle on whatever your art or craft or your, your cultural thing is. So that to me is the benefit of building a business model. You get sick people in your life. That's so important to, to remember, especially for the Tulsa artists on the call. You know, we are, we're a growing community. Like we certainly have an amazing music community and, and incredible people within it. But, you know, to Lucas's point, having like act, having this kind of like virtual community where you can connect with people online that maybe like we don't have like a really elite clothing designer that you're connected to in Tulsa or maybe you know you're an artist and you need to connect with somebody that's um you know more of like a, a marketing person or someone to help you with social media like you know I think just the one of the themes here is that you know all artists you really can't do it alone um you know you've got to build a team as much as you can and sharing, you know, teammates with other artists in, in Tulsa, you know, could be one way of doing it or going online and finding, you know, those kind of people to collaborate with that maybe don't necessarily live here. Yeah, I'd I'd and then talk about, sorry, I just want to, I just want to say that we did a documentary, Culture Hustlers did a documentary in Tulsa back in December of 2019. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, it's called, uh, you know, Don't Hate, Collaborate. Mm -hmm. just to like loop in some of these things so if anybody here is in Tulsa wants to know more about the Tulsa scene we interviewed something like 150 different artists poets storytellers musicians dancers about how do you get in a collaborative mindset instead of a competitive mindset because creativity is unlocked through collaboration not not like head-to-head -head, winner take all competition there's that's not really where creativity comes to play it's like reptile brain takes over you know <laughs> it's like hard to be in your like poor brain doing creative stuff so check out that documentary that's cool yeah i was gonna give an example and what you said there is perfect like um collaboration sparks creativity and also building these relationships and um i think the in terms of like a process the first place to start from is empathy and observation you know and then going to folks and asking them questions about their lifestyles. So I think I always go to lifestyles because you don't want to make something that's hard for someone to get. Like they should already be already thinking about it and able to jump into what you're providing. Because um, if you're making something that it's difficult, then it's probably not the right idea. You know, it should feel smooth to go through. And I, I so, want to, yeah. I want to, can we temper that with the fact that the right audience would understand it yeah definitely and but you know who's the right audience so for one of our artists their names are alphabet rockers um they make hip-hop children's music and since coming to zoo labs they've um, been nominated for two grammys for their albums so the process that we taught them they continue to this day um, and it builds a big community so it started off with them they have children you know that are a part of the alphabet rockers group and they would go to playgrounds and they'd sit around and chit chat with the other parents and be like what's the hardest part about being a parent you know um, and what it really came down to was the ideology and theories around like how to 
train your child with morals and kindness and respect, especially when that's not always taught in schools. Um, so then they would take these conversations and take the literal words that the people were saying and put them on a wall and create a song from that. And so it's a way to, to meet people in the language that they're already speaking and, a, and to provide a solution for something that they're having trouble um, knowing what to do about. And then there's also a community of, here's other people that have the same question and wanna practice the skill of being a good parent. Um, and so, um, yeah and how the schools can get involved in all of that. So in their last album, I think that they had like 50 people on the album. And then that just kind of trickled out into those people's families and friends and outward and outward. And that's how they were able to get press attention and get um, nominated for the Grammy in the first place. Point to Malachi for a second, and um, you know we've obviously been talking about amazing programs that Lucas, you and Aleph um, execute for artists to really support them. But Malachi, as an artist and an entrepreneur, I kind of want to hear about how you went through the process yourself. Like, did you feel like you had to teach yourself? how did you both a business and, you know, still create your art or were there people within the community that you turned to for assistance? Like how, how have you been able to make it doing both? It's part of both. It, it is, uh, you know, a lot of it is research. Like Ayla said, a lot of it is research. A lot of it is building the relationships and just, you know, you see someone else doing a work or you know making something you it, it gets your attention or it's something that you're interested in and it, you know it it grabs you and that was like a big thing for me is like I, I was fortunate enough to have friends who you know work all over in multiple different things because a, a, a big thing about Tulsa is like people hustle here like uh, being a musician is like not a full time you know if you're doing it full time it's it's tough it's it's hardcore and uh, most people who are full-time musicians are still full-time like you know hard workers as well they they work other jobs and and that was like a big thing for me it's like I had I was you know painting I was doing I was doing property management. Uh, I was working, uh, you know, seven a.m. to you know the gig, and then the gig I had to be at a gig at nine p.m. and then it doesn't end till you know two a.m. in the morning. Then you you know you got to wait to get paid, so you tear down, and then you go start it all all over again every day. So it's just like you know working a job and then turning around and trying to be creative as possible and then collaborate and build uh, build relationships all at the same time you know it's 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 uh, like what you said Lucas it's it's building relationships and it's about people that's what keeps you going it's what keeps you inspired it's what kept me inspired this whole time to really be able to continue to, to do it. Even though like money wasn't there, 
it was it was more about the creativity and uh, keeping that like authentic moment alive uh, for me it still is to this day because um, as soon as you start t talking about money and like you know not saying it's a bad thing it's a tool but uh, when when you start getting into that mindset it, it kind of like kills the creativity and the authenticity of the creation uh, yeah from my point definitely of view. That's, that's um, an interesting perspective and I wanted to I wanted to prompt a second question to you Malachi so kind of going back to what we talked about in terms of what art artists need and entrepreneurs need overlapping Aleph and Lucas both represent institutions that are built to support artists and help them you know develop so based off of what you know about both these institutions, do you feel that you as both an artist and entrepreneur in Tulsa, if such resources were available to you, do you feel that I will put you on a, you and other artists you know on a very different trajectory? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's what I feel like most artists in Tulsa need is, is that uh, help um, and, and guidance and, and really mentorship um, because it, that's not it's not really been a big thing here most most people who are artists in Tulsa have moved away you know or tried to they ended up back here like I you know I ended up back here um, but most most uh, really great artists they've moved away and you know they come back but um, I feel like that that's a huge huge deal um, I feel like Tulsa needs that um, for sure because it is a growing place and the, the, the talent and creatives that are here are phenomenal. Like, and they're really like worldwide artists. They're, they're global artists. There's a, there's a different um, authenticity here, I feel like in Tulsa and, and within the artist here. They bring a different vibe as far as uh, sound, as far as like art, uh, food. Um, I mean, it's just, it's not like anywhere else that I've, I, you know, being out in LA, don't get me wrong, I've been there, Seattle, several different places that have great art and great people. But there's a thing about Oklahoma that, that it just, it's, it's a different vibe, it's a different thing. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've been to all 50 states. And in fact, over the last five years, I've been to, I think I've been to 44 states in just the last five years. I, I, I've, I've seen I've seen it. Uh, and I live in Tulsa right now. Love Tulsa. And one of the things that I can say after traveling and talking to thousands of different artists, designers, performers, writers, makers, is that a lot of them are not in the right place. And there's not really a right place for everyone. There's a right place for you. And so you might need to move, great, but you might need to move out of Miami, or you might need to move out of New York, or you might need to move out of San Francisco, or you might need to move out of Tulsa or Prairie Farm, Wisconsin, or wherever you're from. But here's the thing, wherever you are, whatever you wanna do, there's a way to get started with the money you have and the people you have, there's a way to get started and there's a way to dial it up tomorrow just by a degree. And when we talk about going from side hustle to full hustle, you know, 
quitting your day job to just making all your money off of art or affiliated products and services or whatever, it, you don't have to jump off a cliff for it, okay? All you really got to do is take the people and the resources that are around you in the community that you exist in right now. No excuses, right? Wherever you are, whatever you want to do, whatever you've got around you, you can keep dialing it just a little bit each day. And programs like Zoo Labs and Culture Hustlers, there's a lot of them. Arts and Business Council, there's all these cool, like, uh, there's all these cool things out there. Like, whatever your tone that you want to take or whatever experience you need, it's out there. And me or Alif will help you find it if it's not ours. Like, we will help you find the thing. But like, you don't have to be hopeless, you know, but, but don't make excuses. Start talking to people. If you're listening to this right now, it means you've got some action steps. Like if you're not sure what the next step is, reach out to Malachi, reach out to us. Um, anybody at Tulsa Creative Engine, even if you're not in Tulsa, they are passionate about making sure that you have that next rung uh, on the ladder, that next step to take. Definitely, and I just wanted to, to echo that as well and just say that um, I think the most important thing with, with any kind of entrepreneurial journey, and I'm someone that has started a gourmet popsicle business and I've done you know stuff on the music side. So I've just kind of seen the non-art entrepreneurship world as well as the art entrepreneurship world. And the most important thing is that whether it's your business is art or your business is something else, if it's who you are, like going back to like what Lucas kind of said in the beginning, like the first question is who are you and, and what is your kind of purpose on this earth? But if your art is linked directly to who you are as a person and it's coming from like a soul level, that will, that's like half the battle right there, right? Like you shouldn't be in a situation where you're, um, well, I don't know if I can get an investor, so I'm going to stop making art. Like that's not someone that that is really cut out for art entrepreneurship. You know, I think that that it needs to be a decision that you make on a personal level that like this is what I do, whether I get paid or not. You know, this is just what I want to do. This is what I want to see happen. Hopefully, I'll find a way to get paid for it. But I think that that's kind of the irony of like art entrepreneurship is like it maybe in contrast to like any other traditional business, like art entrepreneurship starts with, well, this is how I, this is who I am. This is how I spend my time. How do I align that with resources? Right. Um, and, and I think that if you're coming from that place and making those connections and building community, um, you know, that, that a lot of that, the other pieces will, will take care of themselves. Um, but I think that's a, a good segue here into kind of the last thing we wanted to talk about, which is just mental health and, and just the idea that, you know, that's something that, that gets talked about a lot with entrepreneurship, just how, you know, it's a lonely journey. A lot of times, like you're starting a business, the pressure is on you. Nobody else really understands what you're going through. And I think, you know, that can be even greater for artists, especially when the work is so personal and they feel like they have you know, a healing to offer to the world or something that, you know, is just very near and dear to them. So I would love for our panelists to just speak to um, kind of the mental health aspects of art entrepreneurship and maybe what are the kind of resources either that, you know, your organization is providing or just how have you seen the artists in your communities kind of address mental health uh, in, the, in the entrepreneurial journey? Aylin. <laughs> Okay. Hi. Um, 
Good question. Um, you know, I think that Oakland has gone through a lot of gentrification problems. And so the healing is very raw, like the making the art as a part of the healing process. Um, and, and then also speaking about that um, publicly, um, that's what I've seen people do really well here. And they're able to, um, you know, there's something special in your mind about like helping someone else out that get, that helps you in return. Um, I also think that it's very spiritual um, going into nature, you know, having moments of journaling, having the business day be a separate day from the art day and, you know, making sure that you're eating well and maintaining um, good health. That's like my general advice. Um, yeah, what about you, Lucas or Malika? Uh, I, I like to talk about imposter syndrome, right? Because we're talking about mindset, imposter syndrome, everyone's got their own little flavor. Like everyone is really good at telling themselves this disempowering story about it's never going to work, I'm not good enough, or my, my voice isn't low enough or high enough, um, I can't seem to do this pirouette, therefore I can't make money as a dancer. Like, answer like everyone's got some like thing where they're like oh that's why I, it, I can't be an artist you know that's why i have to give up that's why and everyone's got their own version of imposter syndrome right but it always sounds like this you can't that's the hallmark of everyone's imposter syndrome and look you, you, you look at any entrepreneur they got imposter syndrome too right this is not just the the, the, the possession of the artist, right? It's a possession of anybody who wants to really follow their dream in life. You're gonna have to deal with imposter syndrome. And I, I'll just tell a quick story about my own. Like I had so much stuff happen to me this last year around like emotions. Like I had five family members die. My friend committed suicide. Uh, my dad went back to prison. My dog died. I got a divorce, my truck got smashed, my trailer got broken into, I was personally attacked, like physically. Uh, I had all this stuff happen over the last year. And in the back of my head, it was saying, yeah, dude, it, it give up, you know, just, just throw in the towel. Like, this is not going to work, you know, just, just give up. And instead of giving up, I, I, I surrendered in a different way, which is I was like, okay. If this, if this is how it's gonna be, then I'm, then actually this gives me great liberty to just go for it, right? Someone, Trey, Trey King saying, saying it sounds like a country song. Yeah, no, uh, it, it really was a country song over this last year. I should write, write the lyrics to it. But look, you know, everyone's gonna have that, that story, that disempowering story. But the thing is, uh, as my, one of the people that we interviewed in a documentary up in Kansas City, David, uh, Wayne Reed, when he was in high school, he was made fun of for being gay. He was in a small Kansas town. He, he's a brilliant poet, playwright, performer today. Back then, he was just a scared high school kid who was getting picked on and beat up by the football team. And he said, you know what? If you're going to call me a f anyway, then it actually gives me great liberty to go ahead and embrace exactly who I am. You're going to treat me that way no matter what. And I think we have to have that kind of fearlessness and courage in being an artist or being an entrepreneur, both, and just say, look, 
if life's going to be tough anyway, then at least I want to do it being my unique spirit and, and sharing my unique message. Um, there's nothing worse than looking back on life and having regrets about things you didn't try. It, you, you won't have regrets on what you did try to do. So when it comes to emotions and stuff like that, just like I, I personally choose to surrender the outcomes and just put in the work, you know, and, and now when tragedy happens, it's not my fault. Uh, it's, it's, I'm not responsible for it. But um, now I've, I've kind of shaken that off and I, I feel creative freedom now to just go ahead and put it out there anyway. You know, go ahead and go for it. Great story. Thank you. Malika, did you want to speak to, you know, just the mental health journey and just your process of self-discovery and creativity and kind of how you've been, I just love how like you've got the, he sings, he plays drums, he's producing beats, but then he's like also involved with agriculture over here. So if you want to just share um, kind of like any, any personal anecdotes around, you know, how mental health practices for you as an artist entrepreneur um yeah you know mental health is i didn't really i guess know what the what it really meant for a really long time because i you know you, you have so many people who would talk about it and you wouldn't i i didn't really know what what it meant like on the level that i do now uh as far as you know a big part of it is is uh, you know there's a number of things that play a role in it. A lot of it is is your environment. Uh, it's what you're eating. It's uh, how you're taking care of yourself. If you're taking care of yourself, um, the people that you're hanging around. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's a several different factors that that play a role in mental health because you know like they say you are what you eat uh you are what you drink um people that you hang around you are that too you know Th those all play a major role if you're hanging around uh people who are healthy all the time most likely you're you're probably gonna be along those lines um but, uh, you know, I, I struggled, you know, with the same things uh, as far as uh, giving up um, uh, just because it, it, it was there was several different things that that played a role in that. And that that was just, you know, it starts inside of you and um, you have to have a, a sense of confidence, you know uh in your yourself and in your artist it's knowing who you are and and that's a journey in itself you know what i mean it's not just like you wake up and know who you are like you said lucas you it, it's a it's a journey you have to go experience you have to um really challenge yourself and and take risks and and find who you really are and uh, part of that was like yeah it's like you you go through things, you know, in life, people who are really close to you, who may, who may leave and, and pass or, 
you may be in a relationship and it doesn't work out and you know several things that play a role in your mental health and, and trying to continue and once again Lucas was right again you know uh, surrendering to the creativity and, and, and putting it out and trying to channel I guess something that would be a negative uh, form and, and making it into a positive and uh, you know because that they all play a role. Uh, negative things, you know. That's why they're negative. You got you got plus, you got minus, and you have to have uh, something in order to channel that. Um, for me, in general, it, it was, you know, I, I I've struggled with it. I, I'd be lying if I if I didn't. Uh, I, it's a thing that I struggle with you know, every once in a while, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a challenge, you know, you have goals and accomplishments that you want to accomplish and you write them down and it's like, you know, sometimes they happen on your time, sometimes they don't. It's just really continuing to keep that mindset and, and pressing to, to really do what you want and love to do. And, you know, it, it helps whenever you have friends and family who help and continue to push because I, I wouldn't I can't do this by myself I wouldn't be here you know you guys have definitely inspired me with your stories and, and it's only helping me continue and, and tons of other friends and artists and creatives who continue it's like I, I, I suggest that you surround yourself around people who are constantly being innovators of their craft and that's what I try to be around as much as possible to 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 keep my mental, um, you know, sharp and and just be around people who are who are you know constantly pressing and and trying to accomplish their dreams and goals and that are so um, yeah that's that's my my goal. Yeah, I definitely feel like this was also the encouraging artists encouraging each other, each other to Absolutely. talk about mental health more openly. And I think the the path to trying to destigmatize mental health conversations is something that's been happening across the board in many industries. So I think, you know, if there's one thing that we can <laughs> even take away from this part of the conversation, you know, I feel like there was a little bit of a, a pause before everyone started to share about this topic. And I think it should be more more open. Um, but with that, we are coming to an end with the conversation. And I'd love to close by having each of you just share one thing, one piece of knowledge or a quote or a piece of advice that you would love to leave for independent artists. So Aleph, we can start with you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me all. Um, wow where to end i'm just like where to begin <laughs> we're just getting started um for sure you know the the conversation in between your ears is the most important one for your entire existence and that also is 
reflected in in what you leave in the world. So I, I guess I would say like y'all are abundant. You are true forms of uniqueness and power. And I believe culture is shifting to honor the individual and the multitudes within individuals. Um, and so be a part of that, lean into, lean into all those aspects. When you have ideas, write them down, like literally keep it in your phone and, and practice. Like having a skill is about practicing, you know, part of research is the act of continually to search for things. And so when you build these ideas and curiosities and methodologies into your life, it takes you to crazy places. And that's where the word innovation and disruption come from. But really it's like your true power, just following the magic hand that's guiding you, whatever that looks like for you. So I do, I do go more spiritual, I guess, when I close things out. So um, that's what I like to leave you with. Like keep going through the practice, be patient with yourself, sleep if you're tired, you know, move if you need to move. Um, I think that capitalism makes you feel like you have to go so quickly, but you don't, especially if you're gonna do something powerful by taking big risks and investing in yourself and your ideas. I think that's powerful. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Kayla. Uh, yeah, the conversation between your, happening between your ears, pretty crucial. That should be a healthy one, you know? I, I wish for everyone fantastic mental health. I did not have it for a long time. Um, but I, what I would say in closing is the least creative thing I have ever heard is thinking in binaries, you know, yes and no, black and white. That's not creative at all. So what I would say is let go of your binaries in your life, you know, that art and business are separate for one thing that you have to choose between being a starving artist who never makes it and being a sellout who is only in it for money. Okay, let's throw out that binary, you know? I think another binary to throw out is like, oh, I have to be like famous to everyone, like Beyonce to be a real artist, or I have to be an isolated genius like Van Gogh who nobody even knows about them until after they die. Stop thinking in these binaries. There's so many different ways that you can go about it. But you gotta let go of the binary. And your brain, by the way, is a binary machine. It's meant to take a thing and divide it into differences. You know, it takes one word and it separates it into two more words. And that's what your brain does. So lean into the spiritual, like Caleb was saying. Your brain is a tool for you, but don't stay there. It, it really isn't gonna take you where you wanna go your brain is meant to solve problems but it can't come up with questions i think that comes from the soul so that's that's what i would close by saying malachi any parting words i would say i mean y'all y'all pretty much hit it y'all y'all said the exact same thing uh yeah don't give up um because i feel like now is is definitely a, a time more than ever uh um being alive right now is like it's it, it's beyond words and you know there's someone who who loves and appreciates you for you um regardless uh yeah don't give it up don't don't give up um 
mental health is 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 a a serious thing, and you know we all go through it. But it takes all of us together to to get through it, and you know, um, it's just finding people to really talk to. Um, I, I'm I'm open. Uh, I I'm trying to do better at returning people's you know calls and messages and being better on on social media. But yeah, don't give up on on life. Uh, this is this is a great life that we're privileged to really have and and live and to be able to create in this lifetime is, is yeah, it's beyond words. Uh, I think everyone has a vision and a purpose on this 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 planet and in this universe. And and that is you you never know who you're helping or uh, who's listening or who's watching and that's the biggest part is like you, you could be saving someone's life uh, on all shapes and forms of the spectrum um, uh, spiritually mentally physically musically financially you never know uh, so uh, yeah just uh, and, and and just you know drink more water eat 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 good <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's fitting that um, fitting that our conversation about entrepreneurship and business skills is is focused so heavily on mental health, uh, especially in the end here, because I think everybody on the call can attest that no matter how great of an artist you are, no matter how great of a business person you are, you know, if you're not taking care of yourself first and foremost, you're just not setting yourself up for success. And so I think you know, focusing on, you know, the water and those, those things are, they really matter and they can really make or break, you know, your entrepreneurial journey. Like how well are you being intentional or how, how intentional are you being around self-care? Um, but I just wanted to, to say thank you to everyone, uh, for our panelists, for Lucas and Alif and Malachi for, for joining us and for the conversation. It does kind of feel like we could have just like kept it going the three of us were hanging out like a month ago in Tulsa and, and so it's been nice to see everyone again and I definitely want to thank all of our attendees on Zoom, uh, anybody that might be watching on Eventbrite, uh, as well as anybody that's listening to this through our podcast or on our YouTube or on our Facebook as a video. Um, but I just wanted to say, you know, we've talked a lot tonight about, you know, what artists need and different kind of business resources and you know, for the Tulsa artists that are on the call, you know, it's, it's, you know, you, you've probably noticed that, you know, so a lot of the resources that we've talked about, you know, don't really exist in Tulsa yet. You know, we don't have a zoo labs yet. We don't have an artist mental health organization. Uh, thankfully, Lucas uh, moved to Tulsa and is, is operating culture hustlers from Tulsa. But, you know, this is really, we're not just here to talk about, you know, the problems or what Tulsa doesn't have, you know, Tulsa creative engine, is really about looking at our community of musicians and artists and understanding what these artists entrepreneurs need. And we are focused on providing those resources for the artists in Tulsa. So, you know, what Zoo Labs does, you know, Tyrants Bianca and I are putting together, you know, a really similar plan that, that kind of incorporates a lot of those kind of teaching business elements uh, as well as, um, you know, 
mentorships and workshops and creating an accelerator program. So we just want you to know that if you're on the call tonight and you're in Tulsa, don't be frustrated that you know we don't have a Zoo Labs here, that we don't have all the, the mentorships and, and resources that artists in New York or LA might have. Um, we're really focused on bringing those resources to Tulsa uh, and, you know, we're just invested in this community and trying to just help every artist in Tulsa be a full-time artist, increase the revenues that they make from their art and share, you know, their message uh, and their healing with the world. So uh, that's really what we're about with Tulsa Creative Engine. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more. We're going to be having a lot more announcements uh, around some of the, the resources that we'll be providing in the coming months. Um, another spark session uh, here in, in about a month on a different topic uh, as we are, you know, building out Tulsa Creative Engine together. If you guys have any questions um, for, you know, our panelists, I have put their uh, Instagram names in the chat. You can follow them individually or you can follow Culture Hustlers or Zoo Labs uh, as well. You can reach out to myself, Bianca or Tyrants. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about Tulsa Creative Engine. And yeah, we're really excited to um, build something in Tulsa that is really for the artists here and that uh, is going to strengthen the community and just enhance the quality of life for uh, for all artists uh, in the in the state. So um, with that, I think we can close and just want to say to everyone, have a great night. And uh, yeah, don't hesitate to reach out. Awesome. Much Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Peace, Appreciate everybody. It. Take care. See you soon. Bye-bye. Peace.